Grab your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41, verse 9. Verse 9. Where are y'all watching from? Throw it in the chat. Throw it in the link. Hey, I'm tuning in from wherever it may be. It better not be Columbia, Maryland, because you need to be in church. But tune in. Let us know where you're coming from. All right, verse 9. Here's what it says. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day when Pharaoh was angry with his servant and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. Now each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dreams. How many dreamers out there? You ever had a dream? I don't. I, I dream a lot. I don't always remember my dreams. But they said, hey, we had dreams and each had a dream according to his own interpretation. Now, there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man, he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass just as he interpreted for us. So it happened. He restored me to my office and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothes, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream. There is no one who can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. I'm like debating, do I pray? Do I jump into what God gave me? I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful for this opportunity, God, to connect literally all over this world, over our unified passion to see you glorified and to see your kingdom advance. God, I pray in this moment that you would speak to every single one of us. God, ignite us with purpose, with vision. God, I'm praying that you would help us dream again. Matchless, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Most of you may be familiar uh, with Joseph. Joseph the dreamer is what some people call him Joseph uh, with the coat of many colors. Joseph was at the time the youngest son of his father. His father had 11 sons at the time and Joseph was the youngest. And not only was Joseph the youngest, but he was his father's favorite. Now, I don't even have a lot of theology about the youngest being the favorite, even though I do. I just know, why would you be the favorite of the youngest? They're annoying. They cry. They whimper. I may be biased, maybe because I'm the second. But Joseph was the youngest. And as you know, the story goes, his father wanted everybody to know, which I don't know why. His father just started drama. But his father wanted everybody to know that Joseph was his favorite. So he bought him a coat of many colors. He bought him a coat to signify that you are your father's favorite. You can imagine it's already drama, it's already problems. Here's Joseph with, with this coat on showing that I'm dad's favorite, even though I'm the youngest. And it says his other brothers hated him. 
Now to fast forward this story, Joseph has this dream, this dream that God actually gave him that his brothers were going to bow down and worship him. The first dream was he said we were out in the field and we were binding our wheat and, 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 and our wheat or your brother's wheat bowed down to mine. And then his second dream was that he was looking at the stars and the moon and the sun and everybody else's star bowed down to his and his brothers were just ticked off. They literally like, are you trying to say that we're going to spend our lives worshiping you? Joseph was like, yeah, that's actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. And turns out they were ticked off. So long story short, they arrest him. They throw him in jail or they sell him into slavery. He ends up in Egypt working for Potiphar. He gets lied on. He gets thrown in prison. And here he is sitting in a prison. And the king's cupbearer and the king's bread maker come and he interprets their dream. They leave Joseph in jail for two years. And they forget completely about him. Fast forward two years. We're like riding through 13 years of the Bible in like three minutes. You fast forward, and here it is two years later. Joseph is still in jail, but Pharaoh has a dream. As Pharaoh wakes up and he said, I need somebody to interpret my dream, all of a sudden the cupbearer remembers. He said, oh, I remember there was somebody in prison two years ago that interpreted our dreams. He's a dreamer himself. I think that he can interpret your dream. Just side note, random thought. Today's message is not going to be super complicated. It's really just this thought. Where are the dreamers at? Joseph had so built a reputation, first off in a negative way of bragging to his brothers and then going on and on and on. But after a while, Joseph had a reputation of being a dreamer. And as I was kind of just praying and preparing and really, here's how my brain works. I'm already in 2022. Like we have amazing services coming up this year. Christmas is going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I'm planning, I'm praying, but I'm already dreaming about what's coming next year. I'm dreaming about the building that we're going to build. I'm dreaming about our Flowers Campus. I'm dreaming about a lot of different stuff that God is getting ready to do. And here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart, that there's so many people that have stopped dreaming. There's so many people that have stopped looking to the future with a positive perspective. There's so many people that have stopped looking to the future with faith and expectation that God actually has something ahead of you that is above and beyond anything that you can ever ask, think, or imagine. And if I could just grab this camera and look into your room right now and let you know it is time to dream again. I was talking to somebody and they were telling me, Pastor, I've been through so many setbacks. And I've had so many problems and I've been disappointed so many times that I can't even bring myself to hope that anything in the future will be better than it has been up to this point. And it broke my heart because hear me, I know you may have been through pain. I may know you may have been through setback. But regardless of what your past looks like, your best days are ahead of you. God said in his word, I know the plans I have for you. He says, the Lord plans to prize me not to arm you. You know the verse, plans to give you hope and a future. Your best days are ahead of you. So here's my whole prayer. I've been praying for you. Here's my prayer for this message. That a dream would ignite in your heart once again. 
that you would get back to the place where you're not just trying to survive today or just make it to Friday, but you would actually get to the place where you're starting to look down the road with excitement and anticipation, knowing that God's best days for you are in front of you and are not behind you. You ever got around those people that all they talk about is the good old days? Oh, man, I remember freshman year in college. It was wild. Hear me. If the best days of your life were freshman year of college and you are not currently a freshman in college, I know it's ignorant, but y'all used to me by now, you are not living God's purpose for your life. God says, I want your life to go from glory to glory to glory, not from glory to deteriorating and looking back on, oh, I remember. No, 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 no. As good as yesterday was or as bad as yesterday was, tomorrow is above and beyond anything you can ever ask, think, or imagine. Dreams are powerful. Dreams are the fuel to your future. Dreams will give you energy to push through pain, to climb over setback and to bust through adversity. But the adverse or the inverse is true. If you don't have a dream, you'll settle in setback. You'll never get through adversity and you'll surrender to pain. I remember, honestly, probably the greatest dream that has shifted the whole trajectory of my life happened when I was 16 years old. And I had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a church that kind of didn't really talk or preach about the Holy Spirit. It wasn't against the Holy Spirit. It's just, just not something we talked about, not something we preached about. There was this missionary that had come to our church from Guyana. And I just learned sometimes when you're in certain environments on the missions field, you can't accept, you can't expect to get anything done without the power of God. Long story short, they came, they, they prayed about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, laid hands on me. Oh, let me give you the whole story. First time they laid hands on me, nothing happened. I didn't catch the Holy Ghost. How awkward is that? And I was the pastor's son. So here am I in church. I'm the worship leader, the pastor's son. This missionary is laying hands on him. Fire, fire. Everybody's falling out. I get laid hands on and nothing happens. Long story short, nothing happened because I hadn't fully surrendered my control of my life to God. I was a Christian. I just wasn't submitted. The missionary comes back the next week. He could have preached the same message for all I know. All I know is he gave the same altar call about the best of the Holy Spirit, lays hand on me. I get filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's another message for a different day. But here's what I do remember, that I went home, and that night, the middle of the night, I had the most vivid dream I had ever had in my life. I literally had this dream of my friends that I could see by face and they were walking up and down streets in Baltimore that I recognized. It was literally, it was late at night in my dream. I could see the orange street lights kind of illuminating the street. And as I was looking at my friends walking up and down these streets in Baltimore, they weren't in danger. They, they weren't hurt. They weren't in pain, but I could just read hopelessness on their face. I could literally read on their face that they had no purpose, that they had no connection to the future or the destiny that God had for them. And I remember that night crying and weeping over a dream that I had in my sleep. That's the night that I surrendered to the ministry. That's the night that I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of my life, but I know this. I want to use my life to point people to the hope and the purpose and the destiny that God has for them. Hear me. It's that dream that shifted the entire trajectory of my life. Now, not all dreams are that life-altering. But I'm telling you that there's a dream that God has for you 
that is going to dictate the future of your year and of your life. Here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 16. It says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He's literally saying, hey, God is going to pour out the Holy Spirit on all people, not just Jews, Gentiles, men, women. It does not matter. Watch this. It says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. It says your young men are going to see vision. What's a vision? Here's my definition of a vision. A vision is a dream with your eyes open. So a dream is when you're sleeping and a vision is when you're awake. We may call it daydreaming, but you're just envisioning the future. Here's what God said. One evidence. Ah, I'm going to get in trouble. One evidence of a spirit-filled believer is that they dream. How do I know that I have the power of the Holy Spirit? Because I speak in tongues. That may be part of it. Because I can prophesy, that may be part of it. But let me give you this. You know that you're filled with the power of God when you're dreaming God dreams. So simple question. When's the last time you dreamed a God dream? When's the last time you saw a picture of your future that was greater than you could ever imagine? Hear me. It is time to dream again. I'm going to give you just three quick thoughts. We're actually going to be unpacking this over the next two weeks. Today, I'm just going to inspire you to dream again. And then next week, I'm going to actually give you processes because some people's dreams, ah, why am I so ignorant? I'm sorry. Some people's dreams are corny. You ever, you ever sit down? This is so bad. Please, this is why, this is why they won't let me preach it in front of the whole church. You ever sat down with someone and said, I'm so excited. I got to tell you something. I'm dreaming about something. I'm dreaming about something. And then they tell you your dream and you're like, now I don't know how to lie. I kind of lie in my face. You're supposed to pretend like you're excited about their dream, but you're just like, that's it? Wait, where's the, where's the rest of it? So I'm going to teach y'all how to dream real dreams. Not these little, okay, calm down. Focus. All right, first thing is this. Write this down. Write this down. God dreams, um, they need God. It's really simple, right? How do I know I'm dreaming a God dream? You're dreaming a God dream if it can only happen with God. If the dream that you're dreaming about doesn't need supernatural involvement, it doesn't need the grace and the favor of God, it's, it's not even a dream. You see, the predicament that Joseph was in being in prison, his dream got him there. The Bible says, and we talked about it just now in Genesis 37, verse 5. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. First mistake. And they hated him even more. Let me slow down. Dreamers will always be hated by people who don't have a future. You have to make a decision that if I'm going to be a dreamer, if I'm going to believe God's best for my future, I can't need other people to understand or to approve. Because you're going to find yourself in a position where everybody else wants you to live your life based on their experiences. And because they've never experienced a God dream in their life come to pass, they're going to look down on you or make fun of you. Or, and and, and here, here's what they, what they say. I, I'm, just, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to keep you sober. I'm just trying to punch holes in your dream. And if, and if I can't punch holes in your dream, then you can live your future. And I'm always like, why does the devil need an advocate? 
Why are you working on his side anyway? You got to understand, if you're going to be a dreamer, there's going to be people that are going to hate on you. It says his brothers hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. Now I'm getting practical. That's supposed to be next week. Here's something you got to learn from Joseph. You can't share your dream with everybody. Hey, here's the thought. A dream is like an embryo or it's like an egg, or it's like something that has not fully matured and given birth yet. And here's the thing. If you don't protect that dream, if you don't guard that dream with faith, if you don't guard that dream with the word, if you're not careful with where you put that dream, that dream will be aborted before it can ever come to fruition. Joseph's mistake was he was throwing his dream out for people that weren't going to care for it. And he said, hey, please hear this dream that I have dreamed. They, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheave arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. Now, here's the big deal. There's a difference between a goal a dream, and a fantasy. Some people say they have a dream, but actually they have a goal. Some people say that they have a goal, but they actually have a fantasy. What's the difference? Here's what a goal is. A goal is a desired future that you can get to without God. Now, hear me. It may sound, without God, that's bad. No, 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 no. I can get to certain places without God. Where can you get to? I get home. I get in my car. Turn it on, and I drive home. Now, I can hear all my Pharisees saying, well, you can't get home if you're not breathing God's oxygen, and it's God who put blood in your... I, I understand that. He's giving me a body, and I'm using my body, but I don't need God to drive my car. I don't need God to eat right. I don't need God to exercise. I don't need God to go to bed on time and to wake up early. There's certain things that God has given us in his word, wisdom and discipline. That if we're faithful with those things, we're going to see progress in our lives. Some of us are in a position in our marriages where we need a supernatural miracle from God. Some of us are in a position in our marriages where all we need to do is talk to our spouse. You've been avoiding a conflict for months or even years. You don't need God. You just need to sit down and talk to... Forgive me. Well, ignorant. Okay, calm down. Slow down. So there's goals. Goals are a desired future that I can get to with wisdom and discipline. And hear me, you need goals in your life. You should have financial goals of getting out of debt, of building wealth, of being generous to other people. You should have relationship goals of, hey, I want to make sure that I'm investing this much time into my friends, into my children, into my spouse. You should have spiritual goals. Man, I want to spend this much time studying God's word every single day. I want to spend this much time in prayer, whatever. I mean, there's nothing wrong with goals. Here's the thing you just got to understand. A goal is not a dream. A goal is a goal. Nothing wrong with it. You should just have goals. Here's the difference between a goal and a dream. A goal you can get to with wisdom and discipline. A dream you can't get to without God. A dream is this is a future that I see, but it's too far 
and it's too big for me to accomplish without the grace and the favor of God on my hand. And here's my question. When's the last time you dreamed about something that could not happen without God making it happen? Here's what happens. We talk ourselves out of dreaming. You ever started to dream about something and then all of a sudden you started thinking about how impossible it was? Oh, that, that, that could never happen. Oh, there's no way I can do this. Or there's no way I can get here. There, there's no way this is going to happen. Or, Man, last time I tried this, it didn't work out or whatever it may be. And before you can even bring yourself to just, hey, that would be nice. You're already cutting yourself off at the ankles. Here's the thing. A God dream needs God. And if God needs to be involved in it, there's no way it'll happen without faith. So oftentimes we look at our preferred future and we say it's impossible and we don't understand it's the impossibility that makes it a God dream. Because if it wasn't impossible, it, it wouldn't need God. You see, here's Joseph looking at his brother saying, hey, you guys are going to bow down and worship me one day. There's a couple things that were impossible about that dream. The first thing is this. Joseph was the youngest of his family. The youngest was never in authority. Joseph's family was not a family of royalty. They were immigrants in a foreign land. Not only were they immigrants in a foreign land, but the land that they were in wasn't even the most powerful land in the country or in the world at the time. In order for, here, here, here's, the, here, here's the equivalent of Joseph's dream. It's as if some child in some refugee camp on the border of Syria or wherever right now said, one day I'm going to be the vice president of the United States of America. That is how outlandish Joseph's dream was. Here's what Joseph understood. I'm allowed to dream that because I don't have to bring it to pass. Sometimes we're intimidated to dream big because we feel like if I dream big, then the responsibility is on me to make it happen. Here's the great thing about a God dream. A God dream can't happen without God, which means if God doesn't do it, it won't get done, which means I actually can't make it done. So there's no pressure on me whatsoever. When's the last time you dreamed so big that it couldn't happen without? I'll say it this way. When's the last time you dreamed so big you got God's attention? Here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 7 verse 9. It says, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. He turned around and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Here's what he was talking about. He was talking about a centurion that had somebody sick in his home and he came to Jesus. Lord, can you heal uh, this person in my home? Jesus said, yeah, I'll come to your house. He said, no, no, no. You don't have to come to my house. I know how powerful you are. Just one word from you and the healing will translate to where they are. You don't have to go. God says, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel before. He got the attention. He shocked God. This is just me. I'm just crazy. I think God is looking for people that are going to shock him with their faith. I think God is looking for people that are actually going to believe God for things on such a scale that God, he's sitting up in heaven. I don't know. God definitely plays Xbox. He's not a PlayStation guy. He's up in heaven playing Xbox. And Gabriel, hey, you would not believe a dream that just came in. When's the last time you had a dream so big for your relationships? Uh-oh, I'm getting in trouble. That it couldn't happen without God. Here's what, ah, I'm all over the place. 
oftentimes when we look at something that can't happen without God, it discourages us, not inspires us. Because we've been pre-programmed to believe that everything in our life is up to us, but we are people of faith, walking by faith, serving a God by faith. It's not up to me. It's up to the God who made me. My prayer is that your faith would get back to the place where impossibilities inspire you. They don't intimidate you. When's the last time you had a dream for your relationship with God that couldn't happen without God? I'm talking about like, God, I want to see you use me to actually heal people. Not heal headaches. Nothing wrong with the headache. But God, I, I want to see broken bones healed. God, I want to see blind eyes open. Well, when's the last time you dreamed, God, I want to see you use me to bring people to know you as Christians or to bring people out of bondage or whatever it may be. When's the last time you dreamed so big it was like it can't happen without God? When's the last time you had a financial dream that was so big that all the hard work in the world wouldn't make it happen? But God, unless you do this, it is not coming to pass. I think God is looking for people that dream on a level that would scare your average person. Now, there's goals, there's dreams, and then there's fantasies. A dream is a desired future that cannot be accomplished without God. A fantasy, watch this. A fantasy is a desired future that is anchored or created from my unhealth, from my insecurity, or from my lack of submission to God. A fantasy is a future that I want because of how it's going to make me look and how it's going to make me feel and that it's going to overshadow some part of my life that I am unpleased with. And we'll get into that on a different day, but we all understand God is in no interest of making our fantasies come to pass. The second thing is just write this down. God dreams are impossible, but they're anchored. God dreams are impossible, but they are anchored. Just because I need God to do it, just because it's impossible for me to do it in my own strength, does not mean it is ludicrous and out of left field. Hear me, it may be impossible, but it is anchored. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about fantasies. Can I give you all some fantasies? Here's a fantasy that one day I will dunk on LeBron James. That's not a goal. It's not a dream. It is a fantasy. Why? Because I've never actually dunked in my life. I know I've lied and told people at different times to dunk in high school. Yeah, but that's when I bounced the ball, ran up, had the rim, caught card of the net, kind of put it in with you. I can't dunk. Okay, let's move on. Anyway, <laughs> there's, I'm off, but y'all going to track with me. If God wanted me to be somebody that could dunk on LeBron James, don't you think he'd have made me a little taller? and give me a little bit more athleticism and make sure that my life path actually went in a way where I was actually going to play in the NBA or college or high school or somewhere. So many people are pursuing what they think are dreams. But it's not a dream, it's a fantasy. Because it's a future that God hasn't gifted you for. God hasn't equipped you for. What kind of cruel God would have a future for you that he hasn't equipped you to accomplish. And what I see in so many people, which absolutely breaks my heart, we see it every time American Idol comes on, is people chasing a dream 
that God did not gift them for. What breaks my heart is we spend so much of our time wasting our time going after things that we will never accomplish, never be significant in, and never find fulfillment in. Instead of saying, God, I want what you have for me. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Here's the first anchor for our dreams. I'm going to dream big, and I'm going to dream for something that is only possible with God's help. But here's what my dream will not be. My dream will not be something that, that, that is not God's best for me. My dream will not be something that God doesn't want me to have. So if I'm going to anchor my dream, my dream has to be anchored in the word. It has to be, this is my dream, and it doesn't contradict God's wisdom. It doesn't contradict his promises, and it doesn't contradict the promise that he has for me. And here's what we think, man, if I go after what God has for me, first of all, I'm going to be bored. Second of all, I'm never going to be fulfilled. Don't you understand God made you? Don't you understand the future that he has for you is greater than you could ever have for yourself? If we're going to be anchored, we're going to have to make a decision. God, if you don't want it for me, I don't want it. Like Moses said, God, if you don't go with me, oh, that gets you in trouble. You, you ever heard people ask the questions, you know, would you get punched by Mike Tyson for $5 million? Which by the answer, my, my answer is yes. Like, I'd I, I take it. He'd knock, he'd knock me out, and then I, I'd, I'd get plastic surgery, put my jaw back on. That's just my thinking. But here's a thought. What, 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 what could the world give you that would cause you to leave God? What dream is big enough that if you got it, you would say, you know what? I don't, I don't need to go to church anymore. I, I, don't, I don't have time to read my Bible. I, I, I don't have time to, 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 to really pursue God. I mean, he, he, know, he, you know, he knows my heart, but I got to chase this. Any dream that pulls me away from God is not worth it. Any dream that pulls me away from morality, any dream that pulls me away from the wisdom of God, you, you just have, if you're going to be anchored, you're going to have to make up your mind. No dream that pulls me away from God is a dream worth having. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare. Moses said this. He said, God, if you don't go with me, I don't care how good it is, I'm not going. The second thing is this. I'm not just looking for a dream that is the best that God has for me. I'm looking for a dream that my identity is found in Christ, not in my achievements and accomplishments. For so many people, they mistake a fantasy for a dream. And here's really the source of a fantasy, what it can do for me and how it's going to make me feel. Any desired future that is anchored in the, in the, in the basis or the fact of how good it makes you look or, 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 or how other people are going to perceive you or how you feel, hear me, is going to be a dream that fails you in the end. Because the only thing that could complete you, the only thing that can fulfill you, the I, I got a baby girl right now. Her name is Jade Mariah. She is, ah, Zoe was great. Roman's amazing. Jade's the one. 
I mean, she's the chubbiest little baby you've ever seen in her life. She, you will not catch her without a smile. She is the happiest baby you can ever imagine. Jade is a dream. And you know what this dream does? Have dirty diapers. This dream was up last night at three in the morning screaming because my wife decided she wants to sleep train a baby. Can we do that when I'm on vacation and not here? My goodness. So I'm, why are you so wired? Because I haven't slept all night. Okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. I got the perfect baby. And that perfect baby still got dirty diapers, still doesn't sleep at night the way that she's supposed to and all that other good stuff. What am I trying to say? The best dream you can ever have is going to come with problems. The best dream you can ever have is going to have setback and adversity and pain and all that other good stuff. And for so many of us, when we're pursuing a dream based on how it's going to make us feel or how it's going to make other people perceive us, hear me, when you get to the dream, it's going to disappoint you. The only way I can be a dreamer and anchored is if I'm a dream, but I don't find my security and identity in that dream coming to pass, I find my security and my identity in Christ in me. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live is in, the, now I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I don't live for myself anymore. I don't live for my goals. I don't live for my ambitions. I live for Christ. Now, that may sound super spiritual. Like, come on, man. This is real. This is 2021. We got to live our lives. Like, you just can't be living for God. He didn't say he's living in church. He didn't say he's reading his Bible all day long. He said, no, no, I'm living my life. I'm building my business. I'm having great relationships. I'm, I'm, I'm living a fulfilled life. But I'm living a life that's first and foremost designed to bring glory to God. Because Paul said, I know that's where purpose, and that's where destiny actually begins. Last thing is this, write this down. God dreams advance the kingdom. I need God dreams that actually need God. I need God dreams that are anchored and I need God dreams that advance the kingdom. Let me slow down and ask you this. Are you dreaming? If you're not dreaming, can you start dreaming? We're going to get real practical. We're going to get real specific next week, but let me kind of give you a little bit of direction. You need a dream for your relationships, whether it's friendships, whether it's your children, whether it's your parents, whatever it is, your spouse, your future spouse, you just because it seems impossible, just because it hasn't happened in the timing that you wanted to happen, don't let it discourage you. Let it inspire you. If it hasn't happened, it must be God. I, I was just preaching a message uh, uh, about Hannah and how she wanted to have a child and she was barren and wasn't able to have a child. And then when she was able to have a child, that child became the greatest priest Israel had ever seen in Samuel. You, disappointment and setback can do one of two things. It can either depress you or it can inspire you. Knowing the only reason why I haven't got what I wanted yet is because it must be bigger than I thought it was. That's why God is holding it back. So I need a dream for my relationships. I need a dream for my faith. God, I want to be used by you. I want to be like what they said David was, a man who served his generation and then was called into heaven. You need financial dreams, not just goals, 
God, I want to have more than enough so that I could be generous on every single occasion. I need to have dreams in every area of my life, but hear me, my dreams have to advance the kingdom of God. If it's really going to be a God dream, that dream may be my business blowing up and my income going crazy, but it has to include people coming to know Jesus. That dream may be you meeting the spouse of your life and having an amazing house and 2.5 kids, which is a labradoodle, and having a white picket fence and going on amazing vacations to Greece and posting on Instagram for everybody to see. But it has to include lives being in impacted for the glory of God. So here's the thing. If my dream doesn't help people connect with eternity and their loving Father, why would God be involved in the first place? Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says this. Here's Joseph after his brothers came and they said, I'm so sorry, we didn't, we didn't mean to throw you in jail. and We didn't mean to be mean to you. They said this after he became second most powerful person in Egypt. It's Joseph's response. He said this, as far as I am concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. For he brought me to this high position I have today so that I could save the lives of many it's amazing how Joseph matured in his dreaming. When he first got a dream, his own insecurities, his own pride messed it up. He said, you guys are going to bow and worship me. But after he went through a little hardship, there's something about hardship that will sober you up. There's something about setback and trials and disappointment that will bring you to your knees to the feet of Jesus and will humble you. And after a while, Joseph realized, after he was actually living the fulfillment of his dream. He was the second in command in Egypt and he realized that dream was never about them worshiping me. That dream was never about me being second in control, everybody like it. That dream was that God was sending me ahead of my family to make sure that when this famine hit the land, I was still able to provide for them. Joseph caught the revelation that as much as I'm in, you gotta understand, Joseph loved being the second command in Egypt. He was the man. And as much as he enjoyed being the man, he realized it wasn't ever about me in the first place. God put me here for the saving of many lives. I've discovered that if whatever dream I have, I can figure out how do I connect it first and foremost to advancing the kingdom of God, that God will be more committed to my dream than I am. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together, watch this, for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Everything I do, I connect to my love for God and the purpose that He has for my life. He said, it is guaranteed to work for my good. I'm an if-then type of person, which means if the source of my life is not love for God and my dream is not guaranteed or connected to His purpose for my life, then it is on me. There's no guarantee it's going to work out. It's impossible, like real impossible, not impossible with God. Like, it ain't going to happen. And if it does happen, it's going to take more from me than it gives to me. It's time to dream again. I don't care what disappointment you've been through. 
I don't care how long you've been waiting. I don't, I, I can't, you, this is what you may be thinking, but you can't say it out your mouth. Pastor, I can't stand to get my hopes up and to be let down again. Hear me. The Bible says God's not like man. He cannot lie. He said he's going to do it. He's going to do it. When you wake your faith back up, when you start dreaming again, you're going to see God bring you to a future that you wouldn't even know to pray for. Hey, let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful. God, that you've asked us to dream. You've called us to dream. And you've placed dreams in our heart. God, I believe that this moment is prophetic. And I pray over every single person on the sound of my voice, God, that you would wake dreams up, up in us again. God, that you would give us the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit not to see life the way it is. God, but to see it the way that it could be in you. Wherever you're sitting, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just to give God a moment to make this time personal to you. I want to pray particularly for people that says, Pastor, I can't say that I have a God dream. I can't even say that I have God. Maybe you're like me and you grew up in church. And you kind of know how church works, but... You just never surrendered to the God of church. If you'd be honest, you say, I don't have a personal relationship with God. Or maybe you're like, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't even know God cared about me. I didn't know that he wanted me, but, but I'm tired of trying other things. I, I need God in my life. Wherever you find yourself, this is your moment. This is the moment that everything for you changes. The moment that God, your creator, the love of your soul steps into your life. If you're ready, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Father God, thank you for seeing me, for seeing a great future for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross so that every sin, every mistake that I ever have made or ever will make, be erased. Today, I surrender. I give you all of me. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.